Hey there, and welcome back to Take One, the podcast that brings you just one holy page of Talmud each day. And in today's page, Bava Kama 54, we see a fascinating discussion about the commandments themselves. Have a listen. Having discussed some differences between the two versions of the Ten Commandments, the Gemara now discusses a related matter. Rabbi Hanina ben Agil asks Rabbi Chia Baraba, for what reason is the word good not stated in the first version of the Ten Commandments, whereas in the latter version of the Ten Commandments, in the context of the mitzvah to honor one's parents, the word good is stated there in order that it should be good for you, Deuteronomy 5.16. Rabbi Chia Baraba said to him, before you ask me why the word good is stated, ask me if the word good is actually stated there or not, since I am not sufficiently proficient in my knowledge of biblical verses to remember the precise wording, and I do not know if the word good is stated there or not. Go to Rabbi Tanchum Bar Chanilai, who was commonly found at the Academy of Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi, who is an expert in Agada. Perhaps he heard something from him on this matter and could answer your question. Rabbi Hamnina ben Agil went to him and asked him. Rabbi Tanchum said to him, I did not hear anything on this matter from Rabbi Yoshua ben Levi himself. But this is what Shmuel bar Nachum, the brother of the mother of Rav Acha, son of Rabbi Hanina, said to me. And some say it was the father of the mother of Rav Ahai, son of Rabbi Hanina. It does not mention the word good in the first tablets since they were ultimately destined to be broken after the Jews made the golden calf. Wow, there's a lot of family lore there, the mother of the brother of the son, especially a lot of rabbinic intricacies, but also a profound teaching here for us. And whenever we encounter mysteries, these shining golden nuggets of wisdom and insight that we can't quite grasp ourselves, we pick up the phone and we call our dear friend and teacher, Rabbi David Bashevkin. How are you, my friend? Liel, what an absolute privilege and pleasure, and this passage of Talmud, as perplexing as it is, where it seems that we have rabbis, sages of the Talmud, who are not familiar with the very wording of the Ten Commandments, which is kind of jaw-dropping if you read this passage carefully, but it even gets at something more essential, and that is the differences between the first and second set of tablets that God gave to the Jewish people that included the Ten Commandments. We have one set of tablets that we read in Parshas Yisro, that's in the book of Exodus, uh, that is the famous uh, scene at, at Sinai where God reveals the Ten Commandments to the Jewish people, and then that set, if you're not familiar with the story, is then broken by Moses when he sees the Jewish people uh, serving the golden calf. And then there is a second set of tablets, which Moshe actually receives on Yom Kippur, and it's in that second set of tablets, which we actually read about in the book of Deuteronomy, and we have the wording of that there. Not in the in, in the large; it's in the actual parsha of Ashanan within the book of Deuteronomy. And it's in that second set that has the word good. Why isn't the word good written in that first set of tablets? And what is the essential difference between the first and second set of tablets? One we got on Shavuos, and the other we got on Yom Kippur, the second set that we got on Yom Kippur. And this really gets to the heart of not only the distinction between the first and second set of luchos, the tablets, luchos is the Hebrew word, of course, but it even gets to something more foundational of 
what is the good? What is good? What is holy and good in our lives? And why does that only emerge in the second set? And the real primary difference is that the first set of tablets are really purely divine. They're almost transcendent. And it's that set of tablets that their enduring legacy, they needed to be broken after they confront the humanity of the Jewish people serving the golden calf. Moses kind of shatters them onto the ground because that level of divine transcendence cannot have long-lasting expression in this world. But that's ultimately not the good that we strive for. The good that we strive for emerges from that broken set of divine transcendence, and we get a second set of luchos that we receive on Yom Kippur. It is only in that second set that we actually have the word good, because the difference between the first and second set of tablets, and this emerges if you read the stories very carefully in the Torah. The second set is not purely divine. It's not miraculous. Moshe, Moses, goes ahead and sculpts them himself from the own from his own rock and his own stone and creates them himself. And there's no miracles that happen with them. Real goodness in this world emerges from our humanity. And it's in that second set of luchos that are almost mediated through the human perspective of Moshe and not the exclusively transcendent divine perspective of God. And it's only through our own humanity that we're able to find goodness in this world. Goodness does not emerge from transcendence, from living lives that are in dialogue with all of the schmutz and difficulty and suffering that we experience in this world. Real goodness actually emerges from, not despite, our humanity, but from our humanity, where we're able to taste goodness because it's in contrast and in dialogue with all of the difficulty, all of the obscurity that we have in our lives through our own humanity. You know, it reminds me of this quote from Kurt Vonnegut that I've been thinking about a lot lately in my own life because, you know, the last couple weeks and months have not been easy and in many ways they have not been good in their totality. But he one time said at a presentation, he said, I urge you to please notice when you are happy and exclaim or murmur or think at some point, if this isn't nice, I don't know what is. You know what goodness is? Goodness is noticing a moment in your life, even if it's surrounded by difficulty, and clearing away all the broken shards, all of our own humanity and difficulty, and pointing to a moment and saying, you know what? Even though I've endured a lot of suffering and pain, this moment is good. This is wonderful. This is nice. And that is the second set of luchos. That's the humanity that emerges on Yom Kippur. It is not from our pristine transcendence, but from all of the difficulty of our life, from within that emerges that ultimate good of our commitment and relationship to God and to one another. Rabbi David Bashevkin, so beautiful, and thank you as ever for being our guest. My absolute privilege and pleasure.
This has been Take One. If you enjoy the show, and I hope that you do, then you are really going to love the new book just published by me. It's called How the Talmud Can Change Your Life, Surprisingly Modern Advice from a Very Old Book. You can order it now at your local bookstore or directly from the publisher through the link in this here podcast description or through that big online store whose logo is, you know, a smile. As always, please go rate and review Take One on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. You could get your Take One t-shirts and mugs and other swag at tabletstudios.com and you could subscribe to our weekly newsletter at tabletm.ag slash take one newsletter. Take One is a Tablet Studios production. The show is hosted by me, Leah Leibowitz, and is produced and edited by Daron Ruskay, Quinn Waller, and Ellie Blyer. Our team also includes Stephanie Butnick, Josh Cross, Robert Scaramucci, Courtney Hazlett, and Tanya Singer. For more information, go to tabletmag.com slash takeone or email us at takeone at tabletmag.com. I hope we have made your day a little more Talmudic. Talmudic.